salvation isn't a one and done. Yeah, wow. And we came in last Sunday and we were excited because we knew that it was Resurrection Sunday. But do you realize today is Resurrection Sunday? Tomorrow is Resurrection Sunday. Tuesday, Resurrection Tuesday, Wednesday. Do you understand what that means? That he is alive and he is your life. And when we believe in that and we realize that, because how many times do relationships struggle because they live off the hype moments instead of the moments where you got to fight? It's real easy to stick in relationships, whether friendships or brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, to spouses or girlfriends and boyfriends, whatever it may be. It's real easy to stick in a relationship when it's on a hype moment. But when you go through things and you know that you're struggling and different things like that, if you haven't kept that consistency of communication and learning how to do things, those low moments are going to take you out. And I think that's what we have to remember with Jesus Christ. And just like today, we talked about being excited for who he is and, and knowing that this is the Sunday after Easter. This isn't just like, oh, it's the Sunday after Easter. Yeah. This is another Sunday. No, this, is, this is believing and trusting in God just as much as we did last Sunday. Because guess what, guys? If you want to know the reality of it, I guarantee that he wasn't crucified last Sunday in history. Okay. Yeah. That's just probably the truth of it. And you know what's crazy is... We celebrated it. Think about this very fact that if that was the case, that he's still roaming around. Like people are still in awe. People are talking about it. It's stirring up around the city. And this guy rose from the dead. He's still beating them in the behind locked doors when we're hiding ourselves. He still will face you in your fears. I mean, that's what happened with the disciples. They all locked themselves in a the room. He still walked right into their fear and destroyed it. Still left piercing in his hands. Still left the piercing in his side. Just so that you can see it. He still did that because he knew you would have faith enough so that you would still see it. Well, and that's how good he is. He's given us the church. I, just, I want to put this in perspective because we are going somewhere with this. He's given us the church to build one another up and encourage one another to be able to testify of who he is and share of who he is. And let me tell you something. Look around in this room. Nobody should be afraid to lift up God's name in this room. Absolutely. We've come in here to do that together. And what God has done on the cross, and, well, it's not up there anymore. I keep pointing out there, but it was up there last Sunday. But what God has done for us on the cross and what he did for us and is still doing and continuing to do for us through the cross and through his resurrection still remains the same today. And we have that ability to share that and glorify his name through that. That's why we were created. We began, um, it's been several weeks ago, I want to say months, we started a new section called um, We Declare War, which was in August of last year. And then we started a We Declare War on words. Because just like he said, your words have power. Um, and the tongue holds the power of life and death. And that's the truth. You can speak life or you can speak death. And we began to speak on a whole series, and we got into a series called Dropping the F-Bomb. And that was talking about um, dropping the F-Bomb, which meant forgiveness. That is probably the hardest word to say, is our words. I forgive you or forgive me. Those can be some of the most difficult things to say in our life. And we went through that, and we talked last Sunday about how God was the ultimate uh, giver of the F-Bomb. He dropped the biggest F-Bomb ever on this world of saying forgiveness covers all. You know, I mean, Einstein ain't got nothing on Jesus. Absolutely. It's finished. It's finished. It's done. And what's crazy about it, as we began to talk about that and share the salvation of Jesus Christ, he really set on my heart and on Pastor
Brandon's heart about what's next. What's next after Jesus Christ died? And we had this hype service about resurrection, but what's next? And God began to speak to us about our job. What was the purpose that Jesus came? He came so that we would know him and that we would seek and save the lost and that we would go and be his disciples. And we wanted to talk about our testimony because God came so that we could share our testimony. And today, the, su the subject of the sermon is we declare war on idle words. So I want to give you a little bit of history. Anybody in this room history buffs at all? Like you really like history? Yeah. I hated history when I was a kid, but now I like it. And I don't know if it's because I'm having to redo it because I home school, so I have three that I'm going through it for, and I'm like, man, I should really pay attention. You know what I'm saying? There's certain things, but I enjoy it. That's our history. Jesus Christ is part of our history. And I wanted to ask you a question before I get into that, but how many of you rode or drove in a car to get here today? Right? Right? You mean none of y'all like walked it or horse and buggy it or anything else like that. You know, you like I mean you could have had a moped, I guess, and rode that too. I mean whatever, or your scooter or whatever you wanted to ride. But most of you got here in a automobile, right? Well I want to give you a little bit of history. On January 29th, 1886, Carl Frederick Benz invented the first gasoline-powered engine automobile. The purpose of the car was to enable people to travel and relocate more readily. Automobiles were made for movement. They have purpose and functionality. They weren't created for aesthetic purposes or just to look pretty. They were meant to go. Everybody say that word with me. Go. No, wait, say it one more time. Go. Okay. So automobiles were meant to go. I'm sure you didn't just get in your car this morning and turn it on and be like, Oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> you were gold in my gasoline. Well, some people, they named the car, so okay. there's a little bit of me. Okay, there's a little bit of Some people do. Oh, Betsy, come on. Start up that. But I'm sure you didn't just buy Betsy to sit in your driveway and be like, Oh, Betsy, I want to just keep putting money into you so we can sit here and idle and have our gas run out and keep paying money for that. You bought your car for a purpose, correct? I mean, some of you may have bought your car so it looks pretty. Okay, that's great, but it still has a purpose to what? Go and get you somewhere, correct? Well, when we were younger, you know, when we wanted to have purpose with our car, like we wanted to look good, our parents would always say, listen, as long as you get somewhere, that's going to get you from point A to point B. It's good. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm good with that now, too. I am, man. It gets us to point I told you, I'll buy a moped and say, I don't have a DUI. I'll just buy the moped and put that on the back of it. Okay, but we're not riding around with that one. I'll do it. I'll do it. Daniel, let's go. Oh, my Lord. Holy. So, anyways. So, seriously, though, think about it. I know setting all jokes aside, but honestly, you didn't sit there, and none of you really think about it right now. Consciously, when we are driving our vehicles, how many of you more think about what it's costing you to drive your car somewhere right now? Right? I mean, for real. It's like, yeah. I'm not going there one more time. If we're going to make one trip, it's going to be like a whole way around. You know? We got to plan and map it out. We're going to do it right, so we're going to go back, forth, here, there, nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to go to Indy on Thursday for a, a 15 minute doctor's appointment. And that cost me forty dollars in my gas. Just back and back, back and back. Fifteen minutes. Now I don't 
adds up real well for me. I don't know about you, but that was expensive for me. I needed the appointment, so I had to look at it in a good way, but the fact of it is, is that our purpose of having a vehicle is to go. Nobody in their right mind is gonna pay for insurance for something that just set in their driveway. Doesn't make sense, right? An automobile has to fulfill its purpose in order to, to fully live up to its name, right? Mm -hmm. Has to fulfill a purpose, correct? The definition of automobile is usually a four-wheeled vehicle designed primarily for passenger transportation and commonly propelled by an internal combustion engine using fuel. So let's tie in to us, okay? We as Christians, we are Christ followers, we were created for a purpose to do what? Go. We were created for a purpose to go. In Matthew 28, 19, I want to read this to you. We have what's known as the Great Commission. And I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says it this way. Then Jesus came close to them and said, All authority of the universe has been given to me. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. What did he say? Now wherever you... There might be a different translation. Let's do it one more time. Now wherever you... Go. Okay, you all want to get this because you're going to go. Okay, that's just the point of it. All right, we're going to go. Just don't leave right now, but we're going to go, okay? We are the vehicles of, that God made. We are his vehicle for transportation that God made for transporting the gospel. We have a purpose to transport the gospel. We were made to go. We were made to move. We were never made to set idle. We were never meant to just set with that fire that God has in our belly and just let it keep burning just for you and only you. Because guess what you're doing? You're wasting your time and you're wasting your gas. Yeah. And you're going nowhere. And you know what? Even more so, you have nobody going nowhere with you. Because you haven't shared and lived out your purpose. So what's crazy is that even though you may say, I am a C, I am a C, H, I am a C, H, R, I, S, C, I, N, doesn't mean you are that if you don't fulfill your purpose. Anybody know that? I am a C. I am a C, H. I am a C H R I S T I A N, and I am C H R I S T in my H E A R T, and I will L I B E T E R N A L O I. Wait, 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 it's, it's for what its purpose was then, but does it really fulfill a purpose right now? Yes. And you know what's crazy is even though automobiles have changed over the time, for the days and age, they still fulfill their purpose to go. And that's the purpose that we have. Even though things have changed and the day and age has changed, our purpose, the reason why Christ died upon that cross for us 2,000 years ago, or in some, is that we were meant to go. It wasn't meant so you could just sit 
crazy is, is that scripture, it says Jesus came and he told the disciples, I have been given all the authority in heaven and on earth. And then he says, now go. Go make disciples. Go baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it teaching the next verse says, teaching, uh, in a different translation, but teaching these disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. And, and be sure of this. This is what he says. Be sure of this. That I am with you always. That I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. That's the, that's the biggest thing you've got to realize, that he's always with you. So if he has the authority that's been given to him, we celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus. He gives us authority to do the great things, to do the great commission, to go and seek and save the lost. And so I guess the question is, is if you call yourself a Christian, is it being backed up by your go? Is it, are you going? Do they say, you know, you can talk to somebody and like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Does it add up? Or do they catch you on the side? Do they catch you over here doing something? Do they catch you somewhere else doing something? Does it not add up? Does it not look the same? Does your life reflect your 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 name Christian? Does the whole life you live reflect who he is? Well, in the words that you are saying, the greatest Absolutely. tool that God gave us, anybody know that for any business that you ever go to, what is the greatest way to spread a business? By word of mouth, right? Because people want to know if you've been there, done that, if you got a good experience or whatever from that. And that's the same thing with Jesus Christ, our biggest tool to share him. You know, every car has to have an engine to go. Well, your engine that helps share him is your mouth. It helps you go and share the gospel of who he is. We can't be silent any longer for what God has put down and given us in that fire in our bellies. The most powerful words we can ever speak are those which reveal the truth of Jesus Christ. Christ died on the cross so we can know who he is. Grow in relationship with him and share the testimony of his love to those we encounter. This is our testimony. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 um, through 11, and I'm going to open this up for a second. My trusty old Bible. Old faithful. I've got like 50 bookmarks in here right now. All right, 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. It says, this is the one, it says, testimony concerning the Son of God. That's what the title of it is. But it says, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he bore concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe in God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning the Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Verse 10. I love that part. Whoever believes in the Son has the testimony in himself. 
If you said and made a declaration that you are a Christian, that you serve God, that you believe in Him, that He has come and forgiven you of your sins, and that you want to give a life dedicated to Him, then you have a testimony. Do you understand that? It's not your testimony. Can I tell you something? What you've been through is no greater than the testimony of what He went through for you. And we can have, some of, I've heard people say, well, I don't really have a testimony because I've never gone through something. Well, praise God, did he save you? That's the greatest testimony ever, that I lived my life to serve, serve God, that I was able to do that. And yes, does our testimony, our words, help somebody through things? Absolutely. But your testimony will make you a false prophet if you don't wrap it around to who God is and what he did for you. Just sharing what, he, what you've gone through is not a full testimony. Testifying of who he is to bring you out of what you've gone through is bringing glory to his name. If you say you believe in God, then that means that you have a testimony. Period. You have the ability to share who he is. You're sharing the greatest thing. I think sometimes we get so wrapped up on what we've been through that we forget about what he's done. What's that called? That the extras? You're just an extra in the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of us are the leading role because he got it, he took it, he stole the show, and then nobody can add up to who he is. He gets the gold star in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Like, he gets it all. That's it. When I was reading this, I looked up the word testimony. It's evidence or proof provided, formal, written, or spoken statements. It's a declaration of belief. It's affirmation. I looked up that word as well. It says to state as a fact, to assert strongly and publicly. When you affirm something, you are saying it is a matter of fact, and I am going to assert that strongly and publicly. I'm not going to be like, I know Jesus. It's like those old deodorant commercials. Sure. I'm sure. Sure. I'm sure. That's how people worship sometimes. I praise God in church, but I'm unsure outside. Praise God in church, I'm unsure outside. Now I'm unsure, so I'm just going to stay like this. God, God has given you the ability to have something that is so great inside of you, which is the truth of who he is. That's how it sets you free. Our testimony is very important, church. Yes, it is. It's it's letting people know what Christ has done. And letting them know all those things that he's brought you through. And listen, testimonies aren't just aren't just about bad things. I don't know why people get it in their mind. We get testimonies and we get testimonies just based on bad things. Listen, I get it. Bad things got turns for his glory and he makes us well, but there's great <coughs> testimonies too of his favor and what he's done in your life and how he's healed your body. You know what I mean? Not just everything about drugs and alcohol and this and that. I'm not saying those aren't important, but there's a lot of other testimonies. You know, it, it, I, I, I knew somebody that would always talk about their testimony and they always kept saying the same story over and over. Almost like they just rehearsed it over and over and over. And I'm like, what else has God done? Yeah. What else has, look what the Lord has done. What else has he done? What else is God doing? And the thing is, is yes, is there is, is there a test that we got to go through to get this testimony? Absolutely. Don't go find it, a problem so you can say you have a testimony. That's the worst thing to do. 
But the thing is, is if God has helped you or saved your soul, why be quiet about it? Why, why sit, like we said, on idle words? If he has, well, let's talk about it. But, you know, what's God doing? That's why you hear me at times, like when I said, just keep coming back. Or let's talk about what God's doing at the church. Because I don't know if you saw in the paper last week, but it was talking about the downfall of the church. And I posted back at it. And I said, hold up. The church is alive and well. Jesus does reign. People are getting set free. We will get into the shadows. We will pull people. We will rob hell and advance the kingdom of God. We will continue to do that. You see what I'm saying? Now look. And that's terrifying as it's that. That is the fact of who he is. He's alive and the church is alive. It has to be. Look, I, too many times I find myself feeling like I'm all alone in that. I'm just being honest. I'll post all kinds of stuff. I'll say, and I feel like I'm the lone ranger, maybe with the staff. It is challenging that people, I mean, you know how crazy it is that they say the most common thing that everybody talks about is the weather. The most, hey, how's the weather? I guess that's a way to have a comment. Yeah, the weather's great today, yeah. Like we're all like the weather people. Awesome. You know, but, it, but what about anything else? Do you know you can turn any conversation into something that glorifies God? Do you know you can take your conversation and still present Christ and still present what he's done in your life? Nothing to be bright or boastful about. It's just like, man, he saved my soul. Man, have you heard what's going on at Remnant Church? It's not about the, the church. It's about the people that make up the church. And the head is Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? Our testimony of the church, our testimony of, of what he's done in our lives, whether from the past or not. Now, there's people that have, know that he can do it, but they're so still trapped in it. They've experienced God. I've seen them firsthand at the altar just getting God, and they're so still trapped in flesh that they can't get out of it. So the words come out different. Maybe on one side of the mouth, yeah, I say I'm a Christian. On the other side, yes, I'll see you tonight, and we'll do that thing. You see what I'm saying? So... Where, where does our testimony? Because if not, if we have idle words, we're not doing anything. We're going to keep the problem. If we keep the problem, we're going to let the devil win. Because that's all he wants to do is keep it quiet. He doesn't want you to open your mouth and tell the goodness of God because you can't stop. You can shut off social media, but nobody's going to shut my mouth. Not at all. And so let your testimony be. Let, let it be loud and clear. Look, what, and maybe if you're on social media, just go, we're real quick to scroll on everybody else because that's just how we do. But go to, click on your page and scroll through you. How much have you given God glory on your page? We're real quick to look at everybody else's mess and like and comment or share it to privately to a friend. Did you see that? You know, like, but we're, we're real quiet about anything glorifying God. When's the last time you posted a scripture on your page? I'm just being real. Like, when's the last time you said anything? When's the last time you just put up a, you know, I'm just going to go live. I'm going to just tell my testimony. I'm here. Right here in front of everybody. How many friends I got on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Or just share something good. Absolutely. So it's in anything we do. What We have to just try to balance this thing. Now, I'm not saying all this stuff's bad. It's just it can always get bad when you, can, you take advantage of it and put God down here. Well, you can't ever say you don't have an opportunity. It, it, it we have every platform available to us to share Jesus uh, Christ. Every uh, platform available to us to share who he is. And, that's, and real quick, every time we do, guess what happens? It opens up on somebody else. Guess what happens? It starts breaking down the walls of somebody's. And we're not even there to, it's just how it happens. And you start seeing somebody just start 
to feel relaxed and to just start yeah, I'm looking for something different. And, and it's like, well, what you're looking for is really not living at church. What you're looking for is Jesus Christ. I mean, the church is great. You should come. But it, whether you live there or not, you need Jesus. Or, or whatever the case. How Maybe somebody's struggling with something so bad that you have a testimony of getting through it. And you've kept your mouth closed. You might be the key to unlock somebody else because of your testimony. It comes with the, it's not about you. It's the power that comes through that. It's Jesus Christ did this. Not I did this. Well, and that's, that's leading it. We had a, just case in point, we had a tree service that came and cut down one of our trees and trimmed our trees in our yard. And the guy, great company, they were a great company, and the guy had talked to us several times and dropped several cuss words and doing different things, and the guy tell him to stop, no, number one, I am not Christ. And I, don't, I didn't tell him to stop, number two, because I know who I am. Number three, I also know that sometimes if you just give grace in a moment, God can set up a stage for you to begin to speak in what you need to in the truth. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to condemn anybody or choose what kind of relationship that they have with God. Because you look at it and you're like, like, I used to be like that. Yeah, I used to get, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, remember that? Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> My biggest thing about it was, is he began to talk to me in the end, and he came up to the door and he said, hey, he said, how's it look? And I said, it looks amazing. Like, I said, you guys did a phenomenal job. Honestly, I have not seen, they raked my whole yard, raked the alleyway, cleaned everything up, made sure it was done. And I was just like, man, it's hard to find businesses that are like that, that actually want to do things to the fullness and finish it out. And I told them that. I said, you guys have done an excellent job, and thank you so much. And, uh. And he talk, started talking to me about his kids. And he said, what is it that you guys do? And I said, well, my husband and I were the lead pastors at Remnant Church. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, hey, that's that church that, that's that church that I've heard about so many times. Like, who's that guy who's on the news all the time? And I said, yeah, that's my husband. <laughs> he goes, I thought he looked familiar. He goes, you guys are the senior pastors? I said, yes, we are. He said, well, I'm a devout Catholic. And I said, well, that's awesome. I said, you know, I'm not here to judge you. However you believe in what you believe and to serve God, that's that's on, on you. I said, it's just awesome that we can come talk about it together. And he said, he said, well, you're the church that I am hearing about from everyone. You're the church that, that's family. And I said, I said, well, he said, well like, all I hear is like, you guys are all about family. Not, not just like family and kids, but like you treat people like they're just family. When they come in, and I said, well, can I explain to you why we do that? And he said, yeah. He said, let me know. And I said, well, the reason that we do that is because we believe that when you come in as a part of a family, your walk with Christ is going to be different than my walk with Christ when we all come in. I said, but it's all about relationship. I said, see, Jesus Christ died on the cross not so that we could have, you know, the ability just to thank him for one moment, but so that we can build relationship with him. It, it's an everyday thing, I said. And so you may come in, and he may talk to you differently than what he talks to me. I said, and that's okay. I said, just like in your family, you got family members that are crazy. You have ones that are quiet. You have ones that are loud. You have ones that, I said, everybody comes from a different walk. I said, but when we all come together, we still represent the head of who that house is, which is our father. I said, Jesus Christ. I said, so that's the example of being in relationship, and that's why we want to treat people like family, because we believe God is about relationship and not things just come here to die for us for one moment. And he said, well, that's really awesome. I'm, he said, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden, he looked at me and goes, oh, my goodness. And I said, what? Did you forget something? He said, no, I've just been cussing around you. And 
all these kind of things and all this kind of different stuff. And I said this word and this word. And I said, okay. He said, well, I'm just, I'm sorry. And I said, well, I'm not your judge. And he just looked at me and he said, wow. He said, well, thank you. And I said, no. I said, thank you. You guys are great. I said, honestly, my call you come work at some of the trees on the church. I said, it was great. All of a sudden, he begins to open up to me about his daughter and the things that he has going on in his life and begins to just share things with me. And what I'm trying to tell you is that I didn't have to give him any part of what I've been through or what I had gone through. I just gave him who Jesus was and why. Why it was so important. And that's the point of testimony is taking your opportunities and your moment to point everything back to who he is and what he's done. And that's why I think we wanted to talk about declaring war on idle words. Because I could have had a conversation with him and just let my words set idle and speak of anything else but God. See, the word idle, the definition of it, when a vehicle is running idly, when a vehicle is running idly, it refers to running a vehicle's engine when the vehicle is not in motion. If our purpose is to go and share the gospel, why is it so often we waste our purpose on idle words? We just want to talk about what we want to talk about. And I, I'm not saying we can't have fun, crazy conversations. That I believe God built us to have conversation with each other and build relationships. But I believe that our conversations in the end, everything that we do should still bring glory to God. Do your words bring glory to God? I'm not talking about every time you have a conversation, you just have to say hallelujah, glory to God. I'm not talking about that. But does your conversation represent who he is? Does it give him glory in the things you talk about? Or would you be ashamed to stand before God and have conversations that he already knows you have? Are your words idle? Are you just taking the opportunities as you go, looking around and stopping at the stoplights and lights of your conversations and just speaking about whatever you want when you know somebody needs to know Jesus Christ? Are you wasting your gas? Are you just setting at the stoplight? You have to be intentional. You know, you, like that guy said, he goes, I hear all over the city about this remnant church. About this remnant church. About this remnant church. And yeah, there's a collective testimony that yeah. we all have together. And what's crazy, if you wear anything that says remnant and you go out, I do it all the time because I have tons of stuff that say remnant. Um, people stop and ask me, oh, you're that church. Oh, you're that church that does that. You're that church that does it. You don't even realize what you represent. Even if you just have the shirt on or a hat or something like whatever you have on that says the name, it's not about this place, it's about who he is. But it always represents. You know what that is? That is a collective testimony. Because we've all put in work right. to make that possible. To say we are sharing who Christ is. What God is looking for is your individual testimony. He, where, where I can't go. Every day I try to make a point. Like I want to I wanna share the gospel with somebody. I don't care who it is. I'm going to share about what God is. If it's the right conversation, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to mention it. And, and that's I think it's just being intentional. On all of that, if he had died on the cross and he rose again and he's given you the life and he's saying, I'm, I have authority, so I'm going to give it to you. And that we are called ambassadors of Christ. You know what that means, right? If an ambassador from another country comes here, what do they have? Diplomatic immunity. 
what do you have? Diplomatic unity. Think about the kingdom of God. You, it says every place you step your foot, you can claim. You take authority every place you step. So if that if, if there's something not right, you step it. Don't live in fear. Oh, wait, go in there. Oh, God, that scares me. What scares you? Nothing should scare you. The king of kings and the angel armies are with you. But it might scare you if you're running on E. <laughs> and you've wasted who's, all the gas. Who's been on E? Anybody been on E? I'll raise my hand on that for real. Anybody been on E? Like you just praying to God that if I get enough momentum, I can coast into that. Yeah. Like in Arizona. Y'all don't talk. Girl, nobody asked you. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. Look. How do we pass I'm going to hey, let me go one more. Hey, I'm just going to be real. And I said, there's no more. How many, here here. how many times? <laughs> how many times? And I was pregnant. <laughs> you always pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody just been putting $20 in their tank every day almost? <laughs> yes. Between you and God and becoming full of who He is, you can never 
No. <laughs> he walked a lot. And just your everyday. Just do it. Not like in a hurry. Like, okay, I, I got 10 in. Because if somebody has to have a list, there's people like that. Maybe in this room, they're like, I need a list. Okay, I got 10 in today. Okay, I got it done. I'm done for the weekend. You know? <laughs> I really think if you really are sharing the testimony of who God is in your life, you're going to be really surprised when you get to heaven all the lives that you've actually touched. Yes. And that's the truth because if you just are sharing the goodness of God, because one account of the goodness of God can change the reason why. Just one account by sharing how good he is or what he's brought you to. Yeah, you may be struggling, but if you can tell him how good he, how good God is and what he's bringing you through in it, it can change somebody's life. And that's the purpose of sharing. It's the purpose. What are your conversations more full of? Do you spend more time on idle words? Whose story are you more interested in sharing? Yours or his? Whose stories take more importance? Yours or his? Matthew 12, 36, and NLT says it like this, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. You must give an account on judgment day for every I don't word you speak. So what's crazy about that, when I think about that in my, my mind of today's society, it's almost like Jesus is going to have all these screens. <laughs> Remember that moment right there when you could have, and somebody needed that, but you were just too busy talking about so-and-so? That's called gossip. So that's what you were doing there. Remember over here, when you had the opportunity at the store, and, and you saw it, you know, she rang you up, but you were so busy with your agenda, you forgot, you didn't even say anything. Yeah, that was that moment right there. It's almost like if you're, your idle words, and we don't want that to happen, but that's what his word says. You will take an account for those kind of things. All those times. So I think now's the time. Now's the time to like, listen, let me be intentional with my time. Let me, let me speak. Let me help. How many people do I personally know that I could help and, and I'm choosing not to? It, it, am, I, am I leaving them? This is the tough Am I leading them to heaven or am I leading them to hell? Ooh, that's tough. Am I leading them down a path where righteousness or am I leading them down a path of destruction? Because if I know the, listen, like I've said many times, when you have the knowledge, there's a responsibility. Now I know the knowledge. Now I know who he is. Now I know what I must do. And I choose not to. That's called rebellion. That's called disobedience. God don't put up with that stuff. So if I don't, then I'm leading people astray. When I've known the, the, what could help somebody, and it's like, oh, no, listen, helping them, giving them ice cream, and wrapping them in a blanket, and giving them little things that just soothes their soul for a moment, ain't the real deal. The medicine they need is Jesus Christ. The medicine they need is Him. And, and that is the reality of it all. Where are we leading people? As we talk, are we saying the right things? Well, the more you idly talk, the less others are going to see it from Jesus. It's just the truth. All the enemy wants to do is put out the fire of your testimony. That's all he wants to do. Remember last week we talked about Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And it says it this way. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Right at that moment it was talking about how Jesus Christ was going to crush the head of the enemy. He was the offspring of God that was brought to this earth. And that's constantly in contention with, with Satan. 
share that. But it connects somewhere else. That chapter right there connects somewhere else. It connects to Revelation. I want to take you here because I know Revelation. It's a deep book. I get that. But Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 through 11. And in verse 17, say it this way. And then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Let's go to verse 17. And it says, And then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. It says they overcome by the blood of the land and the word of the testimony, but it says that the dragon, which is Satan, that's what it represents, is that Satan was thrown down from earth, and he has constantly been in contention with who? The offspring of the woman, which was what? Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are sons and daughters and heirs of who he is. So guess what? Satan is constantly waging war against you and your what? It said right here. It said he is waging war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the what? The testimony. If he can snuff out your testimony, he doesn't have to worry about you. If he can keep you quiet, you are not a threat. He doesn't have to worry about you. You want to know why? Because if you are afraid to share Jesus Christ, why does he have to worry about you being effective anywhere? You're not fulfilling your purpose, and that's his goal. He doesn't want you to fulfill his pur the purpose. We have been at war since Christ was born from the woman and is coming so that we can become heirs of ch or children of God. Do you guys realize there's a war that is waged against your testimony? And you wonder why we say we declare war. Well, guess what? We do declare war on the enemy. And we're not talking about the war that's going on in this world and the things that are going on with Russia or the different stuff taking place. We're talking about the true war of life and death. Why do you think those wars are taking place? Because we are not fighting the war in the reality of sharing who he is right now. It is time for the church to rise and really come to be what it was meant to be by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and not loving your lives even unto death. So good. Guess what? Yes, putting gas in your car has a high price right now. Well, living for Jesus Christ can have a high price, but are you willing to pay it? Are you willing to sacrifice and lay down your life so that his life can be seen through yours? This is not a game. It's not a game. This is the truth of it. We're not meant to just come in here on Sunday mornings and just worship him right here. Well, you're not going to totally be free unless you sell your soul out to the food crisis. Honestly, you won't. Unless you fully commit. Some people say, man, that's hard. It's just too hard to live for Christ. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's actually harder not to. Honestly, think about it. Your life is completely miserable. I don't care how high you get, how drunk you get, who you hang out with, when it's all said and done, and you're all alone in your bed and nobody's there, your mind's still racing and doing all the things it's still doing. But with Christ, I'm at peace. And here's the craziest part. Jesus Christ will take 
There's a hundred steps. He will take 99 and just leave the one for you. Did you hear how you overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony? Did you realize that half the battle's already done? That he died on the cross? That's already done. So you don't you feel like you gotta put in so much work, all you have to do is just put in your testimony. It, it, we make it so complicated, it's so simple. The enemy will continue to rage war. That's just that's just what it's gonna what it's gonna be. But we we will still continue to fight for the right cause. We will do the right thing. When the world gets worse, the church has to get brighter. It's not like, oh, it's just getting so much darker. No, the church needs to just keep on getting brighter and brighter. Don't. And if you feel like, well, I don't feel bright, well, have you faded into just being so compromised? What have you been doing? Who are you hanging out with? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. It's real quick. Like, you see what I'm saying? Because every time we hang out, we talk the way we all talk. What are we doing with ourselves? And when that's said and done, what are you going to do? I think that's the choice you have to make today. We started this off talking about automobiles, right? Absolutely. How they were created. How many of you like used car shows? Or different, like, not used, but like old car like shows. Classic. Like cars, like classic oh, cars. Yeah. Things like that. Like things just to look. And, and, and it is awesome, right? Right? But you know what those are called? Those are, those are relics. A relic lives in a museum or shares facts about what was. But you know what God told me? He said, we were never meant to be relics of who he is, but to be the revelation of who he is. You were never meant to be stared at of how good you look and how well people think you really live for Christ. You are meant to be the revelation of who he is. This is not a uh, old-fashioned car show, people. This is not about looking and seeing if you've maintained yourself throughout the years to still look as good as you did back in 1960. This is about celebrating who God is and being the revelation of who he is. And let me tell you something. Jesus is not a has-been and is not an artifact in the museum. He is alive and he is still yeah. relevant today. Yeah. All right. This is alive
waste our time having fun conversations, which are good, but all of our things that we do should be back to Jesus Christ. And it should challenge you to do so. So today, I want to pray with you this morning and just ask that God would give us the boldness and the encouragement to do what he's called us to do, which is to what? Which is to what? Go. That's right. Quit setting idols. No more. No more of that. Don't waste your time anymore. Share who he is. Be about it. Talk the talk and walk it out. We've all heard that. God, I thank you today for everything that you've done, God. I thank you, God, that you died upon that cross and that your words match your actions. And they still match them today. You are never an idol talker. You never had conversations that were not for any purpose. But to show others the love of who you are and lead them God to To a personal relationship with you. I pray, God, that we would understand that we have a purpose in our testimony, which is to share you. It's not really about what we've been through. It's just about who you are. The goodness of what it is. It says that if you, we believe in you because you died on the cross for us, we have that testimony. It didn't say because we've sinned and done all these things and went through some hardships that now we have a testimony. It just said, no, if we believe in you, we have a testimony. And that testimony is to the goodness of who you are and the salvation that you bring. And God, today, I pray, God, that you would encourage every person in this room to quit saying idol. When you're in us, God, you place a fire in our bones, in our bellies, God, and that has to come out somehow. And I pray, God, that we would wage war against the enemy to try to snuff out our fire, that we would guard and we would protect it, God. That we would fulfill our purpose, God, to go and to reach others and share and make disciples, God, which are disciplined learners of you, followers of you. We trust you, God. And we thank you for all that you're doing. We love you, Jesus. And we just want to give you all the praise and glory and honor. I thank you for every person in this room and for the testimony that they have that they can share of you today.